Hey guys, hope all is well. Today we will be doing podcast number 16 with Florida State men's basketball assistant coach, Steve Smith. So coach, why don't you give us some background about yourself? Yeah, sure. How's everybody doing? Um, first of all, this is my 21st year in college basketball. I'm originally from the state of South Carolina. I uh, went to Morgan State out of high school. I uh, actually had a little bit of time in the military, U.S. Army. Uh, did four years active, uh, eight years total with four years as a reservist. Got into college basketball coaching after I got out of the Army. Uh, started at a small school in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, Allen University. From there, went to uh, University of South Carolina Upstate. Uh, from South Carolina Upstate, uh, spent some time at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern to another ACC school in Clemson University um, and been at Florida State. This is going on my third year here at Florida State. So, um, you know, had a, had a very unique path to where I am, uh, but very blessed and fortunate to be here. Yeah, what was it like serving in the Army for four years? Like, what was that experience like for you? And how did that shape you to be the person who you are now? Well, you know, uh, I like to say, you know, my, my time in the Army, it wasn't uh, carrying rifles and uh, Army BDU, so to speak, the whole time. My, my time was uh, very good. I was very blessed and, again, and fortunate to, to go the route that I took. I ended up going into the Army because when I left school, I didn't graduate. Um, and I was just trying to figure out a way to uh, finish paying for my education. My best friend's dad was a lieutenant colonel in the Army, and so he, he thought I was pretty athletic and would be pretty good and over there. So, you know, I did that. I went that route uh, to, to finish paying for school. Um, when I went into the Army, I was a computer information systems operator. So I had a pretty good job, pretty good, you know, it's considered an MOS in the military. Um, and they had uh, basketball you could play. They had post-level teams and all army uh, teams in the military. So uh, when I got there, I was able to play basketball a lot. Um, so I was very fortunate to do that. The, the thing that it taught me was, you know, like I said, it, it made me appreciate my path and where I am because it, it wasn't a unique path. Like most guys, they, they know, you know, they have an idea what they want to do. So they're going to go to college, they can be a college basketball coach. That wasn't my plan. My plan was to get a college education and come up with a good job, which at that time, you know, was computer information. And, and I was able to do that. And then uh, when I started coaching, when I got out of the Army, you know, um, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the, the connection I had with the people, uh, the connection I had with the players and how I was able to help kids and their families. And, um, and it was a natural fit for me. Um, you know, they say, find a job where you don't feel like you're going to work every day. And that's truly what it felt like. So I took a pay cut um, to become a college basketball coach, like I said, because I started at the lowest possible level. My first job, I was getting a $5,000 stipend. And, uh, you know, obviously it was the it was a great decision because, you know, I, I am where I am now. Uh, but I wouldn't be here without, you know, my time spent in the military. So I think that really shaped me and helped me uh, develop more values um, that I carry with me today. You know, loyalty, integrity, those are some of the core values of the U.S. Army. And um, so I, I try to live by those every day. Yeah, that's awesome. And like one thing you were saying was like you played like while you were there. So like what was the experience like? 
going from playing to coaching, like what was that decision like for you to switch what you wanted to do in basketball? Well, obviously, uh, first when I was in the military, you know, I actually coached a post-level team as well at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. So I was coaching the team as I was playing. I was kind of a player coach. Um, and uh, but the transition, you know, like I said, was very easy because, you know, when you play, you're, you're competitive, you want to win, um, you know, you, you work hard at that. And then when you go into the, the transition to coaching, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you see guys across from you down the sideline, you're trying to figure out ways to beat those guys. Um, so, you know, it was a, it was an easy and smooth transition for me to go to the coaching side of it. And it was very natural, to be honest with you, it was very natural transition. I didn't have to go outside of who I was and my personality to try to become a coach. I, you know, I, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And, um, you know, once I started coaching, I had just, a, like, again, just a natural feel of, you know, some things. And, you know, when you play, you know, you look across, you know, uh, the guy uh, who you're guarding or who's guarding you, sometimes you look in their eyes and you can kind of see the game unfold and you do the same thing as a coach you, you can kind of look down there and, and you see the game um through through your eyes and through their eyes yeah and like when you talk about coaching like you move like after that you moved up to the division one level with like usc upstate and georgia southern so like what was that like moving up to those programs and like what what responsibility did you have to do for those programs well, the first one was when I started at Allen, obviously, you know, you, you're involved. When, you, when you're at the lowest level, you, you're involved in every aspect of the program, you know, from coaching to scouting to practice to recruiting to, you know, you, you're breaking down and help set up facilities for games. And, you know, you're helping, you know, you, you're, the, you're the trainer at times. You're the strength and conditioning coach at times, you know. Um, and as you moved up the level, uh, when I went to USC Upstate, um, at first, it was University of South Carolina Spartanburg. So at that time, it was a Division II uh, school. Uh, we were really good. Uh, went to the NCAA tournament every year. Went to a couple Elite Eights. Uh, won the conference. We were in the Peach Belt Conference, which, you know, obviously it's one of the, one of the really good conferences in Division II basketball. Uh, and, and again, we had really good teams there. Uh, but as you you know, so we transitioned to Division One, and when we first transitioned to Division One. Obviously, we, we came in at the, the bottom, so you know it was a struggle uh, for us just trying to get over that hump. I remember my first Division One win was um, at SMU uh, on the road, uh, and that was a big, big deal for for us and the university and for our players because you know, like I said, when you come in at that level, you, you come in at the bottom, uh, starting out as a Division One school. Um, so we continued to have some success there. And then I went to Georgia Southern. And when I went to Georgia Southern, actually, I, I was the associate head coach down there for Charlton Young, CY, who everybody knows, who's, you know, assistant here at Florida State as well um, with me right now. Um, so when I went down there, obviously, you know, my responsibilities got a little bit less as far as the off the court stuff. And you know, like I said, you know, you didn't have to be the strength and conditioning coach. You didn't have to be the, the trainer. So you were able to focus more solely on the basketball part of it. Um, so you work just as much and just as hard, but it was just basketball. Um, then leaving there and going to Clemson, obviously, you know, you, you go to a bigger school, obviously the ACC program, uh, and, and you help where I was able to help them 
do some things. Went to the Sweet 16 while I was there. Uh, went to the Final Four, the NIT while I was there. Had two pros while I was there. Um, so, you know, just uh, just the overall experience that I had has been really good for me and has prepared me for where I am today. Yeah, like while while you were at Clemson, like you noticed like no like while you were there like you when those runs like in march mass like what was that like like being able to experience the tournament with an acc school like going going the distance and like what was some some of like the most notable players you coached during your time that you coached during your time at clemson well we you know i I coached some really good players at clemson um I, i hate to try to call them all out because I'm sure I leave somebody off the list, but, you know, most notable names that you guys, that, that people probably know is, uh, you know, I had Jerron Blossom game um, who was drafted. Um, he was drafted by the San Antonio Spurs. Um, I had KJ McDaniel, who was the second pick in the uh, second round. Uh, he was drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. I had a kid named Dante Grantham who was trending. He was going to be a, a late, uh, a late first round pick, early second round pick was where he was trending. And then he tore his ACL. That was the year we had the Sweet 16 team. And he was a, a very key part of that team. Um, as a matter of fact, the kid, Amir Sims, he was one of the last kids I recruited there, um, who's just signed with the U- New York Knicks on Exhibit 10 this year. Uh, he replaced Grantham. He came in as a freshman. So you know, we were able to absorb the blow with, with Grantham going down with ACL with uh, Amir Sims uh, stepping in. And he had a great career at Clemson as well. I didn't coach him his last two years. I coached him his first two. But he, he went on to, to, you know, continue what he had started when I was there and, you know, had a lot of success. And uh, they actually made a tournament this year. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, uh, going to being at Clemson and being able to experience March Madness for the, for the first time, while I was there was obviously, you know, for a, a guy that's been coaching, um, that's actually the, the ultimate, the, the epitome of where you're trying to get to in your career is being on that level and that, that stage. Um, so that was a very exciting, um, exciting for the program, exciting for me, uh, exciting for my family, um, just every, all parties involved. Um, and, and your work pays off, just seeing your work uh, pay off and, and being on that stage um, it's just something that is I, hard to describe and, and hard to try to emulate over this uh, podcast. Yeah, like when you talk about Amir Sims, like what was it like seeing him grow to the person who he is now, like being like being in the NBA, like playing in the summer league? Like what was it like seeing him grow? Like and like from then when you were at Clemson to now, him in the NBA. Obviously, again, when you when you're in this and and you're able to see those kids and see those kids develop, um, and like I said, a lot of people get in it in this business for different reasons, but um, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy what I do so much. And, and being here, seeing guys like that, when you see a kid in high school, I started recruiting Amir. I want to say it's tenth grade year of high school, and um, you know, you, you're watching him and, and you're trying to see, okay, can, it, can a kid like this help us at Clemson? Can a kid like this help us get to the NCAA tournament? Can a kid like this help us win the ACC? How can we develop this kid? Um, you know, so in recruiting, that's a big part of it. It's not what a kid can't do. I like to say, what, what can he do? Because, you know, it's obviously our job as coaches to try to get him to the next 
part of it, the next phase. Um, so just seeing him as a young kid and seeing his ability and his potential that he had, that you thought he had, and you believed in him, and he believed in, in me as a, as a coach, and he came to Clemson, and being able to develop him, and uh, like I said, him getting a chance early as a freshman to play and uh, help us get to a Sweet 16, um, and seeing that, uh, seeing his development, how hard he worked, um, how much he was dedicated, he listened, and um, the buy-in, the total buy-in from me, the program, and everything. Uh, so, so to go from that at Blue Ridge High School and to see him now, like I said, I just came back from Summer League. So being out there in Summer League and seeing him play and put on a New York Knicks uniform in Jersey, because he's originally from Newark, New Jersey. So his whole family grew up as Knicks fans anyway. And, and to see that, uh, uh, how that unfolded, um, obviously that's just uh, speaks volume to him, speaks volume to his family, speaks volumes to everybody involved in his, in the process and the journey of, of getting there. So as a coach, you know, you, you couldn't be happier than to see that uh, a vision that you had with a kid as a 10th grader uh, when he's in 10th grade and, and to see that, you know, six years later, him putting on a New York Knicks uniform obviously is very fulfilling. Wow, that's incredible how he was a Knicks fan throughout his life and now he's on the Knicks. And we are talking about Summer League later on the podcast, but first, what was the transition like going from Clemson to another AC school, ACC school in Florida State? Well, obviously, you know, going from one AC school, ACC school to another, uh, you know, the, you were very familiar with the league. Uh, so that was a big plus. Um, so and the transition was easy coming. You know, Coach Hamilton has been one of my mentors for years. Coach CY has been one of my mentors and even Coach Jones. I've known him for years. And, you know, I've, I've spent time with all those guys before and talking to them and talking basketball and X and O's and just talk to them about the business and, and learning the business from those from these guys. And uh, so coming down here, the, the transition was very smooth, uh, very easy. Just stepped right in. And, um, you know, Coach Hamilton gave me a lot of responsibility right off the right off the bat. Uh, he, he entrusted a lot of things with me. Um, so that was very, uh, again, fulfilling for me as a coach to, to come into a situation where there was a lot of trust um, to begin with in the process. Um, you know, I, I hated to, you know, to, to leave Clemson, um, to leave those kids. You know, when you recruit kids, you, you tell them you're gonna be there for them and things like that, but things happen. And um, so I, I had to come down here to Florida State and, um, but it was a, a very smooth transition again for me, uh, knowing the, the university and um, knowing the people that I was gonna work with. Um, so. It's not much different. The style of play is a little different than I was, you know, we played at Clemson, Florida, you know, Florida State, we play at a, a, a much higher pace of play. Um, our, our defensive uh, schemes are different and how we play. Everybody knows we, we switch one through five. We go deny passes and deny catches. So that was a little bit uh, uh, different from how we played at Clemson, uh, which I had to adjust to and, and coach. But like I said, Coach Hamilton gave me a lot of responsibility right away. I got a lot of input with the program. Um, you know, he, he lets me, he lets us, he lets all of us coach. 
Um, and, you know, these guys have been doing a great job down here. And, you know, I, I'm just just stepped right in and, and just trying not to mess up their their chemistry of what they had and continue with the, the role of success that they've had in, in the recent years down here. So two questions. The first question I have for you is, what were some of the responsibilities that Coach Hamilton, Hamilton gave you when you went down to Florida State? And the second question is, like, what was what were things that you learned about like the coaching business, like when you went down to Florida State? Okay, well, first, one of the main responsibilities when you when you got here is uh, Coach Hamilton. You know, which is a little bit different from most programs. He 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 lets you uh, he gives you a lot of responsibility in uh, in the basketball and the day to day planning. So when, when he gives you a scout, it's your scout start to finish. Um, you get some input from him and you talk to him about some things, but you basically tell him what you're going to do offensively and what you're going to do defensively, which was different. You know, most programs, every program that I've been involved in and most people have been involved in, you know, the head coach is going to uh, the head coach is going to make all those decisions. Well, he, he gives you the he lets you make the decisions within the, the structure and the system that he has in place. But if, if this is what you think is going to work offensively, he lets you put this in. If this is what you think is going to work defensively, he, he lets you put that in. And um, you're going to you're going to speak in front of the team. You're, you're going to present the whole time in front of the team. So it's your presentation. Um, so you're going to stand up in front of them. You're going to give the pregame speech. And, you know, that was very different. Um, like I said, from, from most programs, you know, for, you know, we going out on the floor and, you know, okay, what's the pregame speech. And, you know, I first get here, I'm, I'm sitting in the back waiting on him to talk. And he's like, Hey coach, it's your scout. You, you got it. And so it's your responsibility to have the guys ready to play. And, and so that's, you know, um, you know, it, it's different because the decisions, you know, as, a, as an assistant, a lot of times we make suggestions and, and we kind of sit back and, you know, the head coach makes the decision. Well, he gives you a lot of decision-making responsibility when it comes to your scouts and your planning. Uh, he does that. And the other thing is when it comes to recruiting, he does the same thing. You know, he if you say, let's go get this guy, he kind of says, okay, that's what we're going to get. Y'all let me, you, you tell me what you need me to do with it. And I'm on board. So it's not like a, a lot of times you bird dog, you bring him a lot of players and then he just sits back and then he scratches them or whatever. He, he totally trusts you to make those decisions. Um, so that's, that's one of the ways very unique. Uh, what was the other question? What was the second one? What were some things you learned about the coaching business? Like when you went down to Florida state, Well, you know, again, um, just from the coaching uh, aspect I've learned along the way with him is just how to carry yourself, how to develop relationships, what matters um, to him and different people. Like one of the things that he does an unbelievable job of is he will call anybody back. Um, you know, a lot of times we get caught up and, and you know, we get busy and Certain people may may call somebody, and but if you're a JV high school basketball coach in butt naked New Mexico, and you call Coach Hamilton, he will call you back. 
<laughs> and he tells me like, coach, it's just, you know, you follow every single, you follow a phone, everybody that calls you, call them back. You never know what it could lead to. Um, and, you know, he was, uh, he was an assistant. He was the first African-American assistant at Kentucky. And he, you know, he talks about it all the time. Like, this is some of the things I used to do at Kentucky that, you know, I would find players. Um, because I, obviously back then it wasn't a lot of internet and social media and that type of stuff. So you had to follow up leads. And, you know, that's one of the big things that he's taught. Like somebody calls you and I, I do a pretty good job already of, of calling people back. Uh, but sometimes you get random emails and random texts and random calls. And he's very adamant about, he doesn't care. You know, if it takes you all day, call those people back, you know, return those phone calls, return those emails, return those texts. Um, so that's one of the things I've learned a lot from him. Uh, and he has them all over the place. I mean, he gets them all the time and he'll sit there and he'll call every single person back. That's awesome how he takes the time to call people back and look through all those messages and emails that he gets. And like moving on to the next section of this podcast, Talking about your time at Florida State, what was life like inside the March Madness bubble this past season? Oh man, that was that was a very different experience. Uh, being inside the bubble, obviously, it was very exciting to be there. Um, you know, but but at the same time, very different uh, because we had so much success this year. Um, you know, I, I did think it, it wore on us as we went on, and the more you won, and the more you hang around the more it wore on you. Um, it, was, it was unique in the part that when our kids got here in August, uh, when they got here in August, obviously we, we had kind of a mini bubble here on campus. And we told them, listen guys, we wanna have a season. You know, you guys gotta limit your interaction with other people. You gotta limit your social life. Um, you know, guys obviously weren't able to go home as much as they normally would when they had a break. Um, so when guys got here in August, they were here with us until we got done in the bubble. Um, you know, we, we played an ACC tournament before going to the NCAA tournament. And obviously we were in the championship game up there. So we were in a bubble there and being in a championship game, you're in that bubble longer than most people. You're, you're in there to the end. Uh, so to leave straight from Greensboro, North Carolina, playing the ACC championship and going straight into Indianapolis and, and being confined to that bubble, um, you know, uh, again, that was a lot to ask of, of the guys. And it was a lot, you know, it, the people that put it on, they did a great job. They did an unbelievable job of, of running that bubble and, and, and everything. And, um, but being in there, obviously, you know, you were, you know, guys had their own rooms. Guys were kind of confined for the first couple of days we were there until everybody could get tested and things like that. And, um, you know, once everybody passed the test and you were able to move around in the hotel a little bit, but still, you weren't allowed to go outside. You know, the hotel was fenced off um, and, and, you know, you use tunnels, you use the, the, uh, the, the bridges and um, the skywalks, so to speak, in Indianapolis to, to move throughout the city. And, you know, everything was blocked off. So it was very unique. So I think our guys did a great job of just dealing with that process, but it did wear on us. It, it did wear on us. And the longer you were in there and the longer you were isolated, I think, you know, it, it wore on our guys a little bit. Um, and, and so, um, you know, did it hurt us in the end? You know, 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I know it wore on our guys and, you know, guys were, you know, that was a lot to ask of the guys from August until the end of March to just be so dedicated and be so isolated. And I think our guys done an unbelievable job. Our coaching staff did an unbelievable job. I think NCAA did an unbelievable job just so we could have a season. Uh, I think ACC done an unbelievable job. So everybody involved with, you know, the tough year that we had for us dealing with something that nobody's ever dealt with, you know, um, nobody's ever dealt with anything like this uh, during our lifetime. So to be able to pull it off and, and to have a successful season, I think that, you know, credit goes to a lot of people with that. Yeah, it was definitely great how we started had the season last year. We had March Madness and hopefully the season returns back to normal, somewhat normal, but talking about COVID, so it's like, what, what did you learn about the game of basketball and the coaching business during the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, you know, it, it just, you know, we, we learned that, you know, honestly, I think that, you know, we, we want guys to be all in on basketball, but at the same time, guys need a little bit of a break. You know, uh, we need a little bit of an outlet. There's an old story that we, we like to say um, that we, we talk about here. You know, you, you work hard, but you, you still need to, to take a break. You, have you ever heard the, the, the chopping wood story where there's two lumberjacks, right? There's two lumberjacks and there, there's a, a million dollar contest for them to chop as much wood as they can within 24 hours. Well, the one lumberjack, he, he chops wood, he chops wood and he keeps chopping. The other lumberjack, he chopped wood, he chopped wood and then he would stop every hour and hour, take a quick break, get back to chopping. Well, the end of the 24 hours, you know, the lumberjack that took an hour break every time, he'd actually cut more wood. The other lumberjack couldn't understand. He said, I never stopped cutting. And he said, well, when I stopped, it gave me a time, it gave me a chance to sharpen my blade. And so obviously when you sharpen your blade, you're, you're gonna cut better, right? So I think what we learned during the pandemic and with basketball is that, you know, every now and then you need a little bit of a break to, to refresh and to recharge your batteries and things like that. And, um, you know, I think not having those little breaks where, where kids could just have a normal life and do some things. I think it, it taught us that everybody needs that. And I think uh, that's why, you know, this coming out of this pandemic, you know, one of the big things right now is the mental health aspect of athletes. You know, you just saw it in the Olympics, you know, you know, they had to shut it down. A couple of athletes shut it down because of mental health. And um, I think just, just being able to, to step outside just for a little bit. And when I say step outside, I'm not meaning physically step outside, but I mean, step outside of your normal, just, it can't always be just that, just the, the basketball, just the sport, just the, uh, you know, gymnastics, whatever you're doing, you need a little bit of a, of a break and then you can get back to it. So I think, you know, just, I think that taught us that, you know, we, we got to make sure that we keep our guys uh, recharged and refreshed. And so we need to give them guys outlets, even during a normal year, we need to make sure our guys are having some type of outlets and, you know, to help them mentally uh, through a long grueling season. Yeah, mental health has been so important this year. Like, and it's still like, even though we're going to be out of the pandemic soon, it still needs to be at the top and, and number one priority. Like we, like, as you said, we saw it in the Olympics, like with Simone Biles, and what she did was in, was incredible and empowering how she was able to, like, 
it it wasn't it didn't matter to her like how many gold gold medals she was gonna get like what mattered to her most was her mental health and being able to take care of herself before being able to get back into the arena. So I commend Simone Biles on that and and it needs to be number one like all the time. And that score you gave with the lumberjack was great. I've never heard of it before, but like taking breaks is important to recharge your mind and be able to refocus again for what's up to, for what's to come. And now moving on to the next part of this podcast, the NBA draft, like what was it like seeing Scotty Barnes and like all these other, like the other players from Florida state, like being selected in the NBA draft last month. Again, you know, it goes back to just uh, when you start recruiting these guys who have a vision and you have a plan. And, you know, obviously as a, as a college basketball coach, we want to win a national championship. Okay. When we come in, we say, Hey, this kid can help us win a national championship. But I tell you what coach Hamilton actually does is he, he wants to make sure that while we're working on what we're trying to get to that these guys you know, they can accomplish their individual goals as well. And I think guys that come to Florida State, they they have individual goals of playing beyond Florida State. They want to win. Uh, we've done a great job identifying guys that, are, uh, that fit the culture of what we're trying to do. But also guys, again, they want to uh, accomplish their goals and dreams. And most of them want to play professionally after they're done. They want to grad, you know, if they can graduate, uh, we would love to see them graduate. Some of these guys, unfortunately, they can they can go after a year, two years, um, and the, the program and uh, the style of play and the development and things we're doing are, are helping these guys as a, as an accelerated rate um, accomplish their individual goals. And so, when you know to answer your question, what it feels like is sitting in the NBA draft and you're watching guys that you see again, where you started with the vision you had in the recruiting process, the vision you had in practice every day and watching film and just building relationships with these guys and, um, you know, seeing them uh, make it at the ultimate, you know, the ultimate stage to walk across the stage and and shake his hand. uh, You know, that, that does our hearts good. It makes everybody, you know, we, we accomplished something, we accomplished something together. Um, and again, for us to, to win at the rate that we're winning and, and guys getting drafted at the rate they're getting drafted, um, to sit there and see all that, um, again, it, it gives you the self-fulfillment because your hard work and dedication and everything is paying off. Uh, the kids' hard work and dedication is paying off. And, you know, I think the thing that it does most is the guys that are in your program and the guys that are watching it, they're seeing these guys. So they, they see what guys before them did and, and how it paid off for them. So now, you know, it, it, it builds a culture in your program. So, okay, I sat here, I'm sitting next to Patrick Williams. I see him coming in the gym every night. I see him shooting. I see him being dedicated to watching film. And then I see him walk across the stage being picked number four. So what is the, what is the guy sitting behind him in the, in the seat next to him? What is he going to do the following year? He does the same thing. And then it, it, it's a cycle that continues. And so just to see Patrick Williams 
uh, you know, Devin Vassell, Scotty Barnes, Raekwon Gray, Balsa uh, Koprovica, just seeing these guys, you know, uh, Trent Forrest didn't get drafted, but had an unbelievable year with the Utah Jazz being picked up as a free agent, had an unbelievable summer league, you know, and, and these guys called, you know, we've got guys here right now, you know, I'm sitting in my office, but, you know, uh, you come through the gym and Raekwon Gray and those guys, Devin Vassell, those guys, are they're here on campus right now. Um, so just to see that, it, it speaks volume of the culture and what we're doing down here. Yeah, that's awesome. Like how you guys get a lot of players selected in the Jeff. Like I've been to the NBA Jeff like for many years now and like including this year. And like one thing I love when I go to the draft is just seeing these kids' dreams come true and seeing them walk across the stage. Like I remember the moment when Scotty Barnes got picked and it was incredible seeing him walk across the stage and like, along with the other guys and that, and like, that's why I always keep going to the draft every year is because I, I want to see these kids dreams come true. And, and it, and it's an experience like none other being there and moving on to the next part of the podcast, the summer league, like, what was it like seeing these kids who got drafted or undrafted play in the summer league along with the guys who you coached at Clemson? Well, you know, one thing you said is it's unbelievable seeing these guys' dreams come true and these guys walking across the stage. But here at Florida State, not only are those guys' dreams coming true, but that's our dreams coming true. Like as a coach, uh, that's that's our goal and our dream is to to get those guys to walk across the stage. Like, you know, that's that's one of the things that we're striving for. We we sit back and we we try to put together when a kid walks through the door here. We actually try to put together a plan for each kid. We sit him down and say, okay, this is your plan. And for each, for some kids, it's different. Some kids we know, Scotty Barnes will come in here. He's a very unique talent. He's 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 six foot nine. He's got a seven, two, seven, three wingspan. He's athletic. You know, okay, your plan is gonna be a year, you know. So we're gonna divide, we devise a plan for him for, for a year to, to get him there. You know, another guy may come in, you, you know, he's not, you don't have quite the physical attributes, but, you know, you have all the intangibles, you have the skill set, right? So we're going to come up with a plan and get you there in, it may be two or three years, maybe four years, you know, and then when you're at Florida State, you know, you've seen guys that have been one and done, you've seen guys that do it in two years, you've seen guys do it in three years, you've seen guys do it in four years. So there's a formula and there's a plan for each individual guy what it is for you and and again i think guys have bought into that here and that's why it is, it's allowed us to have so much success so to go out there to summer league and to see these guys playing at a high level you know sitting back you know uh we it, i couldn't take a break you know there are games back to back to back and every single game there was a kid from florida state or there was Amir Sims. Now, Amir Sims actually played on the team with MJ Walker, who's a Florida State guy. So both those guys are on the same team with the Knicks. Um, but I had to sit there all day. Like some guys, you know, they might be have some one or two guys and they, they're done for the day. But, you know, we had a guy that played all day, every day, you know, while we were out there. There was a game that there was a Florida State guy playing in. Um, and then – 
you know, it was it was unbelievable the the camaraderie that these guys had. There's a picture that I have where, you know, it was like 10 guys. It was 10 Florida State guys out there in summer league this year uh, playing on different teams. And so they all Jonathan Isaac, you know, who was ahead of these guys, he he was out at summer league and uh, it was a Florida State dinner. He took all, all those guys out to dinner. And not only that, some of the kids that are currently here now, they went out, you know, when we got done with the summer, uh, they were free. A couple of guys went out there for a couple of days just to hang out with uh, their, their former teammates. And, and again, again, that builds on the culture because those guys have sat there and they've seen these guys. They've been in film meetings with these. They've been in practice. They've been in the trenches with these guys and they saw what success looks like. They know what it looks like. And so they were out there hanging out with those guys. And so what do you think these guys brought back with them? You know, they're going to be just as hungry, just as motivated, you know, to get there next year. You know, a lot of times it's it's hard to tell somebody how to get someplace when you've never been there. You know, it's, if you've never been there, how you gonna how you going to give somebody a roadmap of how to get there and you've never been there? You know, we tell guys all the time there's that you can't be a guinea pig. You know, you can't be an experimental uh, lab mouse where, where they're experimenting with you. But, you know, these guys have, they go and they listen and they do what, you know, guys before them have done. You know, they can see it. They can taste it. They can feel it. It's very tangible for them for, for how to get there. So for us as coaches, for me personally, to go out there and sit there and, and watch all that and talk to the NBA execs and, you know, again, because we have so many guys out there playing, you have relationships with all these teams now. So, you know, obviously you're talking to them about the guys that they have, but they're asking you, okay, coach, uh, you got anything else down there? You know, we need to be down there. Yeah, we got this one, this one, this one. We need to get in there early. We think this one got a chance, this one got a chance, this one got a chance. So it's a, it's a, it's a you know, continuing process. Um, and, and I think it, it flows over. It flows over into the next season and the next season. Um, so I think it's very fulfilling for us. The culture you guys have at Florida State is amazing. And, like, the plan that you guys come up with, like, for these players is amazing, too. And, like, talking about this upcoming season, like, what – like, if you can give me a preview on what we should expect from you guys this upcoming season would be greatly appreciated. Well, you, you can expect a typical Florida State team. Uh, um, we, we lost a couple guys to the draft this year, but we did a great job of recruiting and, and replacing those guys. We'll be a little bit younger, uh, but we'll be a long athletic team like we've always been. Um, we might be a little bit more skilled than we've been um, in, in, in the years past, in this past year. Um, we've got guys that have great skill sets, can shoot it, but We'll be a typical Florida State team, very long, very athletic. Guys going to play hard and compete. And um, we might be a little bit better defensively one-on-one. We, we've got some really, really good on-ball defenders. We've got some tough guys. Um, so I think with the, the influx of the freshmen that we got and, and the couple, uh, the three transfers, we got a junior college transfer and we got two uh, transfers, uh, I, I think we'll be we'll be right back where we were uh, last season. That's awesome, and I can't wait to watch you guys play, and I wish you guys the best of luck. 
But more importantly, thank you so much for taking the time to come on this podcast. And thank you to those who will be watching this podcast later and have a great day.